0: Hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey, where we aim to bring compelling tennis stories to life. As you're listening today, it'd be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow. It's free, you know. I'm really excited about today's episode, as our guest has already had a fantastic tennis journey despite still only being 17 years old. Our guest today is Ben Bartram from Norfolk. Ben has a rare genetic condition that affects his skeletal development and his muscles since falling in love with wheelchair tennis Ben has reached number one in the world in the ITF wheelchair singles junior rankings and is currently number 18 in the adult rankings. What's more, he is not long back from the World Team Cup in Portugal, where he was part of the gold medal winning GB men's team. At this point, I should add that like me, Ben uses vocal rackets. So he's got great taste in that department. Welcome to the show, Ben Bartram. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to getting this going. Yeah, cool. And I mean, Ben, there's only one place we can start. Um, you you were part of the GB team that won gold at the World Team Cup, which is the Davis Cup of, of wheelchair tennis. How does it feel to be a World Cup winner at the age of 17?
1: Oh, it's amazing, you know, to come home as champions. It's just a, a great feeling, and uh, it's something that not many people can say that they've done. And uh, yeah, I'm just really, really happy about it. Yeah.
0: What are you? What are your memories? You know, if if you're thinking back now as I'm talking, and you're thinking about your memories from the whole trip out to Portugal, the the whole experience, what what pops into your mind?
1: obviously the winning moment that was definitely a a big memory you know uh celebrating as a team and just taking the moment in um the group stages was also definitely a moment I'll remember we just absolutely wiped the floor in the group stages we were so on it and um yeah that's probably the two sort of main
0: parts of the tournament I can remember well and and to be involved at, at 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 the the age of 17, man. I mean, was this something that was in the plan? Did this come, do, you know, was it, did you ever think at the age of 17 that you would be winning the World Team Cup? I
1: mean, I played in the men's team last year and the, not the year before, I played in the men's team last year and we came fifth, I think so i'd had experience playing in the men's before and i knew the potential that we had as a team and uh, the year last year we were missing one one player who's a a very key part of our team gordon um yeah. we had him this year and that yeah when alfie and gordon are both on it and fit it's just it's just uh i mean yeah you you got alfie who's a world number 1 and gordon who He's been world number one, won slams, gold medal at the Paralympics. Like the experience he has and the level that he can play at now, um, since coming back from his uh, wrist problems, it's just insane. So, yeah, I I definitely knew he stood a good chance, but yeah, to get the win
0: is just incredible. And you, you know, you say that that moment of the win is one that comes to mind. Describe that to us. Describe what happened when when that moment took place. Well,
1: it was a bit, obviously, match point up. I, was, I don't know what happened in the point, but I just remember the point being over and his, his racket flying in the air and just thinking, oh, my God, we've done it. And then going on <laughs> and celebrating together and pouring water all over the, the captain and just going nuts. And, yeah, it was just great.
0: I mean, what a moment. And, you know, I think I think it's also the perfect moment to go back to the start of your journey because you know as as the end of one chapter that would be the end of a a joyous chapter um so but it's a great time to go right back to the start of of the book of of ben bartram you know your tennis journey man how did it begin
1: so originally i played wheelchair basketball when i was nine and ten but um my my parents decided that uh, basketball wasn't the sport for me, as I was a, a pretty pretty sore loser in the team environment, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd throw I'd throw, throw tantrums if we lost, and I'd be like blaming it on everyone. So I think they they uh, they decided to call it a day with basketball. Um, but I guess I guess that, that's a that's a good thing in one sense, because um, then I, and then I found tennis. I found tennis. Well, I knew that Alfie was playing it. He used to play basketball at the club I played at, and that's sort of how I first heard about it, and that's what kind of made me want to pick it up. So I went to a, a um like a tryout camp, which was in Ipswich, and it was called Push to Podium at the time. Um, and yeah, I started having you know one one session a week, and then one session turned to two, and then I'd go to the NTC for national training and just kept picking up and picking up and um, yeah, here I am now.
0: It's a fascinating one, isn't it? In that some people like individual sports, even though there's a team element. We just heard about the amazing team element within tennis and what an incredible experience that is. But for some people, they just like they just like seem to fit into individual sports better than others and that that was the way you like being out there and and competing as an individual
1: yeah yeah i think the the responsibility of everything would be on you like you can't you can't push it on anyone else and that and um like all all the progress that you do in the gym on court would be a direct influence on your your tennis and your performance and results which is a uh, you know, like like a, a good feeling. And yeah, that's probably what drove me to playing an individual sport more than a team sport.
0: I mean, I read that before you started playing tennis that you weren't in a great place um and that you struggled with anxiety at school. You know, why do you, why do you think that was?
1: I think, well, it was because I felt so different. Like I'd go, I'd go to school, I'd be there only one there in a wheelchair. And I just felt so, so different. And so, yeah, just, I didn't feel, I didn't feel normal. And uh, I just struggled with accepting who I was. And um, I think tennis sort of gave me that outlet to feel like I was part of something and feel that I was normal, which is which was amazing for me because it just gave me so much more, happiness in my life and gave me a reason to you know get out of the house and do something
0: isn't that amazing man that that's sort of what the sport of tennis can bring and i hope that you know if anyone's listening and they're they're in a similar position and they think oh i want to give tennis a go then let's hope they do let's yeah. hope they do because isn't that a wonderful thing and so you know was it was it love at first sight you know with that that first time when you went to Ipswich and and you you gave it a go, you know, did you, did you love it straight away? Can you, can you remember?
1: Yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it and I had, I had lots of fun doing it. And I think if anything to start off with, it was probably more, it it would have been a more of a a hobby thing, just something for me to do to keep active and just, you know, yeah, just stay active, keep fit. Uh, I just, I was pretty good at it. So uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kept kept progressing and m- worked my way up the pathway, and um, yeah.
0: Get yeah. Around. So, what 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 age did you first? Can you remember what age did you first? You know, go to that session. I would have been eleven. So you got you've gone at eleven, and and how quickly you know how quickly was it before you were you were starting to compete, so to speak.
1: I played my first tournament a year after I started playing, which would have been the British Open. I played in the they used to have different divisions back then for the juniors because there was quite a lot of people playing so I played in the, the uh, second draw of the junior tournament and I got to the final and I lost to my good friend Dannon Dan Ward who I, you know, I still play with now and playing lots of finals against each other and it's just yeah that's a cool thing to see what how far you know we've both come and
0: yeah, hopefully there's more finals. <laughs> and I love this. There's a few things I love about this. I mean, you know, we've already touched on the fact you've won the World Cup. Um, but the first tournament you played in, you know, I reckon I could speak to lots of tennis players and, you know, you know what, what's the first tournament you played in? I don't think many are going to answer, well, it's the British Open. <laughs> like <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? And great that there were so many players Um kind of coming together for, for the tournament. And, and I mean, ultimately some of the people you compete against, they end up being some of your best mates, don't they? That's one of the absolute beauties of the sport. Yeah. I mean, it, it always strikes to me that, you know, as, as a tennis coach, you know, i and as a tennis coach who tries other sports, you know, I try pickleball, I try paddle, etc. but it is tennis is a tough sport technically, but I would have thought that then having to maneuver a wheelchair, you know, adds a heck of a lot more complexity just how hard was it when you were starting out you know in wheelchair tennis
1: yeah it was definitely definitely tough on the hands and um you know, i get blisters and stuff but i'd had the experience obviously using a day chair which would be my wheelchair that i use every day i've had experience in that and also like played basketball before so i had pretty good you know chair skills um but yeah, I definitely had to build up a lot of strength like through my arms and my core for tennis specifically, which did take a while. And, you know, I'm still, still my hands, still getting pretty beaten up, pretty rough.
0: <laughs> People won't be able to see that, obviously, because the main thing here is an audio podcast. But, oh man, that looks sore. I mean, I was doing some research into your junior career, Ben, and I know you won a lot of matches. I know you played a lot of tournaments. I mean, you know, you you've the US Open juniors you've won, you, you know, you've gone on and in 2022, you won five senior titles in a row. That's, that's amazing. But how about when you were starting out, you know, did you have to learn to lose before you started to win?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a lot of losses before, before the wins came. Um, uh, An example of that would be, you know, me against Dan and, the first five times I played him in finals I lost, so it was it was definitely a tough one to you know get off the court and be like oh you're right mate and like just be friends with him after he's just pumped me five times in a row <laughs> so I definitely had to get get used to losing, but um that definitely motivated me to you know train harder and get those wins, and then that that makes those those wins feel even more special,
0: yeah, and it is interesting, isn't it you know I'm guessing with Dan, you've got a real strong friendship and 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 you know you lost those first five matches, but it's peculiar how our sport can bring people together in that respect, isn't it? I guess it's because you get a respect for the person and and the player and and you you do have to learn that you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some, yeah, when you look back on your junior wheelchair tennis journey, you know what would be your happiest moments?
1: I'd say the silver medal at world team cup in israel was definitely a very happy moment even even though we lost in the final but looking back on it that was uh insane from our team we came in as a number seven seed i think and out of eight so it was eight teams playing it and to come in seventh and then get the silver medal was you know very 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 good on our behalf and um yeah I'd probably say obviously the US Open is definitely a massive one to be the inaugural junior wheelchair tennis grand slam winner is just amazing and yeah it's
0: just just a a dream come true really um oh, it's it's interesting though Ben that you go to the team one you go to the silver medal is how important is team to you I I love the
1: team environment for tennis everyone's playing against each other throughout the whole year and you'll 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 speak to them and you'll be friends with them but you'll also still be opponents but to then come together as a team and just you know all that chemistry that's built up through the year and bring it together and just be supporting for everyone and just bringing your absolute best to the court is just different to the normal normal tournaments in the calendar and that's that's why I, I think it's so special. Yeah,
0: I think you found the words beautifully to sum up why team and being part of a team means so much. Um, at US Open, you know, you were the inaugural champion of the US Open juniors. What, what do you remember about that particular trip, that particular tournament?
1: I remember going... Uh, I remember winning the first ever, ever match to start off with. To win the first ever junior wheelchair tennis match at the U.S. Open, so that was that was definitely pretty cool. Yeah, I remember going to Times Square and seeing a bit in New York doing the tourism stuff, and uh, yeah, obviously, obviously winning it, winning the singles and doubles in the same day. That was just amazing and such a great, great feeling and a great accomplishment in any
0: junior tennis player's career. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I remember, you know, hearing from Abby Brakewell when we chatted on on my tennis journey just about how supportive the wheelchair tennis community are. Who's do you think has helped and supported you the most on your journey, Ben?
1: I think obviously the coaches play a massive part. So my coach, my coach Neil Plaskett has had a massive involvement in my game and my my career for the last The last four years now three to four years i can't i can't remember exactly when i started with him but you know that that really improved my game going to him and um also the lta national coaches who have played a huge part in my my career getting me to where i am now but also the other players on tour that have been you know supporting me from when i was a junior like Alfie Gordon those guys are huge role models to me when I was younger and they still are now they're they're huge huge inspirations to me and they definitely they've gone from you know motivating me to keep playing to now motivating me to get better to beat them it's it's a really really cool sort of situation to be in so I'm very I'm very grateful for everyone who's been a part my journey so far and yeah I'm, yeah just thankful for their contributions
0: oh on you got to world number one as a junior what what are your ambitions in the senior ranks you know have you set yourself goals like yeah <laughs> what's next I think right now I think I
1: probably focus a little bit too much on rankings which is hard to hard not to do because of the situation I'm in right now so I'm sort of just on the outskirts of being direct entry into Grand Slams. You know, I'm always I'm always looking at the rankings, seeing, oh, if I win this tournament, how many points do I go up? Do I go in to the direct entry? And um, but I think now I need to focus more on more on my tennis and the process of winning these matches, and the ranking will take care of itself. So for the for the future i'm just going to be focusing on on my game and progressing myself as a player
0: it's really fascinating uh, to hear you know that because and we have a lot of tennis parents listen to the podcast and um as a tennis parent i know that that the rankings and the points that you get and the graded tournaments you play and what other people are doing they can really like dominate people's thinking so much that like actually if you were just to take that time and be positively putting that into the the development as a player then I think it can be such a positive thing and you know I know you know I think uh our Stanley he's 13 and you know I know that I've tried to persuade to him and and just say just go and play the player man don't be you know don't be worrying about the points you're going to win don't be worrying about what the ranking is just go and play the player and if you just play the player these things like you said they look after themselves don't they so why burden the mind with it but I even know as a tennis parent that I can get to looking into these things too much and I almost feel like I need to practice what I preach just yeah. develop yourself as a player it's 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 so important isn't it and and it sounds like that that's your focus
1: yeah, definitely. Um yeah, 100% I'm just going to take take the the take these upcoming months and just really focus on my game and developing myself as a player.
0: Come on. With that in mind, you know, from a a training point of view away from from competition, what does a a typical week's training look like?
1: So, I'm um, right at the end of my college now I'm about to finish my second year and I'm going to be looking at going full-time straight away. So I'm still currently balancing my schedule with college. I'm doing about 10 hours a week on court, 10 to 12 hours a week on court. And I'll I'll be doing probably around four to five hours in the gym. And um, I'll also be doing... You know, sessions with my sports psych and um, that other kind of stuff that's away from the tennis court, but also vital towards my game. So yeah. I'll be I'll be using every every hour I have to fill it in with something that can benefit me and my game.
0: you coming back from the World Cup must be kind of you're starting a new chapter, but actually going full time. I mean, you must be so excited about that, because that's the start of a new chapter, isn't it? You're not balancing the academic stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be something you're looking forward to, huh?
1: Eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, to, to that's also another thing to be able to say that it's it's my job would is just incredible, you know. Not not long ago, all the unless you were number one in the world or one, one of the best players in the world you would have had to have had, had a job alongside tennis just to make a living but to be in the situation I am and be able to go full-time at such a young age it's just um it's just something I'm really grateful for and that that is something that I have to you know thank the LTA massively for you know funding funding my tennis and supporting me to get to where I am now and to where I'm going to be in the future
0: I love that. What's your job? I'm a tennis player. That's brilliant. Um, I know you were saying, you know, it's not just the on court. There's there's lots of things that are going on off court to help your your performance uh, on court. Yeah, I'm no doubt like like all players. You've got to be careful about what you're eating. You know, following one of your intense training days that is to come when you're into the chapter of a full time player. What's it, what's your dream evening meal? <laughs>
1: uh are we saying outside of a tennis tennis <laughs> week or it's my, my, my cheap meal I can have whatever I want
0: right well, I tell you what yeah go for your dream meal before we get on to what's important from a nutrition and training point of view <laughs> it's
1: got it's got to be a pizza it's a massive pizza uh, <laughs> my, my go-to is like uh like a barbecue chicken pizza that's just can't, can't go
0: can't go wrong that's the way to celebrate that that's what you're gonna have after celebrating isn't it and what, what about when you are you know when you're in a, a and you're like you need to get home and you need to fuel you know what's your go-to this is this is Ben Bartram tennis player now what what are you eating uh be like pasta
1: or chicken you know getting, getting all your macronutrients in to fuel yourself the best you can so just just a very balanced diet really and you know if I'm trying to put on a bit of muscle or trying to gain some weight which is what I was trying to do in pre-season and sort of up to up to May May Mayish I was trying to put on a bit of weight so I'd be eating eating more trying to you know load up on the protein and that that side of stuff and um you know just fill fill myself out to be able to compete against uh, top guys better um so yeah it sort of sort of depends really what you're what you're trying to get out of it um mm-hmm. but a, a, normal, a normal training week would just consist of a balanced diet and yeah n- nothing nothing crazy at the moment i'm not on a strict strict diet that i have to follow every day you know i, I do have freedom with what i'm eating which is which is nice like i'm not i'm not under constant
0: surveillance with my <laughs> with my nutrition come on what about what about you? i mean you know for the tennis players and the tennis parents out there a lot of thought goes into the the snack bag at tournaments you know, what's in your snack bag when you're at a tournament? So,
1: so I have um, I have some flapjacks. I've got like some mixed fruit flapjacks. Um, I've also got energy gels, which I have when I'm on court. And I'll also have bananas. That's sort of my my go-to. You, you're going to have,
0: with all the, the training that comes with being a full-time player, with all the, the things that go with it, from the gym work to the sports psychology to the strength and conditioning et etc you know it's gonna be f- pretty full on but what do you like to do to relax away from the courts
1: uh I've got my xbox which I probably spend a bit too much time on when i'm off when I'm off court so that's that's definitely something that I like to do um yeah uh
0: that's about it really <laughs> what so so the xbox which i'm sure you know again to the tennis parents out there they're all going to understand that what games are you playing man?
1: uh so i used to play a lot of fifa but it just used to make me so angry i used to absolutely lose my head on fifa <laughs> like, controllers would go flying oh, it, it was not 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 good not good at all. all it's right. is this, is this like is that back to like your basketball days this is worse because i'd be i'd be 17 years old having a tantrum at fifa it's like what what is going on like i'll just i just sit there and think to myself what what am i doing what 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 is this it's, it's it's a game man why are you getting so worked up over it but uh yeah so so i banned myself from playing that but but now i'm playing playing a bit of rainbow six siege which is like a so a first-person shooter game. It's like Call of Duty, but you have to be a bit more tactical, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, Come on, you know I've noticed a lot of the tennis players at junior tournaments are playing an online version of chess. Is that something you've given a go yet?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've I've played chess within uh, sort of uh, the LTA team, play against each other. I'm not I'm not very good at chess. Um, I, I will admit. Uh yeah, I'm not I'm not the greatest, so I, I normally lose every time I play against someone. Uh, played played against Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Alfie's also good, but yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I, I always say that I'm gonna practice when I go home, but I I, I never I never do because uh <laughs> I, I don't know
0: it's just something that. I yeah, do you manage to playing. do you manage to keep your head together or are those virtual pieces flying around the room? <laughs> The thing is, though, I don't
1: even know what's going on half the time, so I don't know what I'd be getting angry at. Like the only thing that I'm <laughs> seeing that I've lost, and that's just like it's not really a surprise. So it's like it's just the inevitable, really. Like I'm not, I'm not good at it.
0: I hear you. I played, uh, I played our Stanley the other day, and he was laughing at my moves. <laughs> that, that was making me cross. I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, Ben! I know, like me, you use vocal tennis rackets. What is it that you like about the the vocal equipment?
1: So I've been using vocal since I pretty much first started playing. It was the first racket that 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 I used. Well, not not from day one. It wasn't the first racket I picked up and played with, but um, it it was the first sort of racket I got myself um the coach that i had at the time used vocal and he he um suggested that i tried them out and i did and i I liked them i started off with the v cell five i think it's like 265 grams it's like a purple racket which i loved and um yeah I, i haven't haven't used any other rackets and i just i think if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know I've had a lot of success with these rackets, and I enjoy playing with them. And I don't see any faults within them, so I'm just going to keep using them.
0: Yeah, come on! I am such a big fan of the vocal racket. So like I I used to get um, golfers elbow, so it used to really like get in the way of me playing tennis as a junior. And you know, even now I'm not quite such a junior. I can feel it in my arm where that pain is and and you know the vocal rackets they have some incredible technology in there so they have this uh material which is actually used in uh, skyscrapers in earthquake zones to dampen the vibrations from earthquakes and in the tennis racket when you hit a ball it creates the vibrations that come down through the racket and in a lot of rackets they don't use this material in the handles so that the vibrations go up into your arm and if you've got tennis or golfer's elbow well it's going to hurt and i just think that that's just one example of the the technology that they're putting into the rackets which is is really really cool stuff and uh, i mean i've got to say the other thing i love about it's the logo you probably see the logo here but it's just like there's a little bit of a what is this what is this logo you know and i, I love that side of it come on yeah they were a good bunch as well eh yeah yeah definitely they've they've been really supportive of me
1: um, you know, providing me with my stuff and my gear. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful for them and the the support that they've given me. There, yeah, they've just been great for me.
0: Come on, come on. Um I really hope that that some people out there, you know, will listen and think, I'd love to give wheelchair tennis a go. You know, what what would you what would you say to them? You know, why why should people give wheelchair tennis a go? Why
1: not? It's just so much fun, you know. You can meet so many new people. Um, that's one of the many benefits, you know. You meet new people. You you can get fit from it, and if you enjoy it, you can take it up more seriously. And you know, there's a wide, um, a wide variety of competitions you can enter up and down the country. And I can almost guarantee that you will definitely, you will definitely enjoy it. And
0: if not, then I don't know. <laughs> you've not lost anything, have you? And then you know, straight away it's the fun. I mean, you know, Ben, you you you've 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 achieved a lot in your 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 relatively uh early years of your career, but is the fun still there? Are you still smiling when you get you're getting up early to go out trading? Are you still smiling when you get back after a long trip? Is that is the fun element still a big part of it?
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely still fun involved. Obviously, it's become more serious as I've progressed. So, there will be less fun, but that doesn't mean I enjoy it any less than I did when I first started playing. I still I still love the sport so much. But there's times where I can, you know, go for trick shots and there's other times where I have to, you know, right, let's knuckle
0: down now and get serious. Your journey, I mean, 11 years old you started out on this journey and you're 17 now and an incredible amount has been crammed into to six years you know like say we go forward six years so we're you know you're 23 you're 23 years old and you're thinking yeah what would what would you like to have achieved by the time you're 23.
1: I'd like to be inside the top five in the world. I think I'd like to have made my first Grand Slam final. That would definitely be definitely be something I'd look at. Potentially win my first Grand Slam. That would be that's definitely a shot in the horizon, but you know, might, might as well put it out there. Um, yeah, I think anything is possible in the time between now and then. I can, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully, hopefully all things, you know, lead in the right direction and I can get to where I want to be in that time.
0: What an incredible journey you've already had. Um, thanks so much for telling us about it. I think it would be amazing to get back together in a couple of years' time or whenever, you know, to to revisit, what's happened between then and and now but man thank you so much for your time i mean it's a a question just to finish off with actually is a question we ask everyone and if you could meet up and spend time with anyone alive or dead who would it be and why probably
1: kobe bryant or this guy called david goggins i don't know if you know who he is
0: yeah well kobe kobe bryant you know i'm familiar with and yeah i mean so you've maintained the love of basketball despite the fact that you didn't buzz off it when you were playing it, huh? Yeah, I,
1: I, I maintain the love for him. He's just his mindset and his, you know, how how good he was at what he did and his confidence in himself was just unbelievable. And I'd like to yeah. you know, spend a spend a day with him just to see what see what goes through his head and what what he thinks and when he's training and you know that side of stuff would just be you know that's that's experience that no, no amount of money or no no anything can
0: buy. Yeah. Amazing. Come on. And uh, what about David Goggins then? Tell us.
1: He, he's like this ultra marathon runner. He's like, it's, it's similar. He's like an absolute mental fortress. He's crazy with how, how far he pushes himself. And, you know, when, when, when everyone else thinks he's done, he'll just, you know, keep going and his. It's another one. His mindset is just ridiculous. And I think that would be probably a painful, but also a very, very valuable day to, you know, spend a day with him.
0: (laughs) I get it now. Yeah, a proper, both of them are, are people which are inspirational and both of them are, I'm guessing, you know, the sort of things that can inspire you further down your journey. But I've got to say, man, what you've achieved in such a short period of time is really inspiring and it's uh it's brilliant to to hear about it and and know that it's it's still so early in your journey so yeah here's to exciting adventures ahead and and thank you thank you so much for your time today absolutely no problem at all thank you for having me that's all for today but thank you very much for listening and if you enjoyed that please do hit the subscribe or follow button so you keep up to date with new episodes. And we look forward to welcoming you back to My Tennis Journey very soon.